Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. As Pastor J.D. continues to share a broad view of biblical prophecy in his message today, you'll also be reminded that the Lord is coming back soon. The end times events are going to occur, and now is the time to give your life to Jesus. Pastor J.D. will give you step-by-step instructions today on how to do this with the ABCs of salvation. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 26th, 2019. In the middle of the seven, the three and a half year mark, the Antichrist will put an end to sacrifice and offering and at the temple, which presupposes that part of the agreement is the allowing of the Jews to rebuild their temple. So at the temple, he, again speaking of the Antichrist, will set up an abomination that causes desolation. Many believe he will sacrifice an unclean animal there in the newly rebuilt temple, which is going to absolutely shake up the Jews. And that's when they're going to wake up and realize, this is not our Messiah. This is a false Messiah because the true Messiah would never commit such an abomination. And it's believed that at the three and a half year mark, when the Antichrist does what Daniel 9.27 says, the Jews will flee to the place prepared for them, which many believe, present company included, is in modern day Jordan, the rock city, the ancient rock city of Petra, where for the last three and a half years, God will protect his people from the Antichrist. So he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. A very packed and powerful prophecy here in just this one verse. I want to draw your attention to this word confirm as some translations render it. He will confirm. In the original language of the Hebrew Old Testament, it's the same word as it is in my native language of Arabic. It's the word kabir. Kabir. What does kabir mean? It means to make greater, to make stronger, to make better. Kabir. He will make Kabir, make greater this peace covenant. And that is what is going to be agreed upon. Number three. We talked about this and the next one, so I won't spend a lot of time, but to me, I have number three as the total and sudden destruction of Damascus, Syria, as Isaiah 17.1 says, so much so that it will be uninhabitable. Now, this ties into number two, which is the Ezekiel 38 prophecy that describes, again, in, in great detail, 
about this alliance of nations with, at the helm, Russia and Iran and Turkey and Sudan, the area we know today. The borders aren't exactly like they were when this was uh, written uh, some 2,500 plus years ago when the prophet Ezekiel wrote it. But all of those nations are today at the ready in, of all places, and more recently so, Syria, Damascus, Syria. And so Ezekiel 38 describes this alliance of nations to come and take the spoil that Israel has at the time that this happens. Right now today, Israel, in fact, I just read an article a couple days ago about the new Israeli shekel is the strongest it has ever been. Their economy is booming, man. I mean, they got natural gas and oil, and you want to talk about technology, which is why Google and Microsoft and Apple and all of these tech tech companies are in Israel, bowing at the feet of Israel because of the technology in Israel. So Russia and Iran and Turkey, primarily, God says, I'm going to put a hook in your mouth, which I believe is the natural gas and the oil, which they found off the coast of Haifa, there along the the coastline, which goes up into Syria, which Syria wants to lay claims to. Too late. Russia's there. They want it. They're going to try to get it. They need it, by the way. And so when, I believe, Damascus is destroyed, then they will come from the north, there in the Golan, and they will invade Israel, exactly as Ezekiel 38 says. You know that two years ago I couldn't talk about Russia, Iran, Turkey, Sudan, Ethiopia, Libya, all of them being in Syria? They are. I could not have told you that. I I would always speak of it in the future tense. When we first started doing these prophecy updates, I would always speak of Ezekiel 38. There's going to come a time when Russia, Iran, Turkey, Sudan, et al. are all going to be in Syria. I think it was about 2017. I stopped saying that (laughs) because... That's when they were there. And instead of saying they're going to be, I said they already are. They're already there. The number one prophecy might come as a surprise to some. But I see it as a mocking of Bible prophecy, especially when it comes to any talk, any teaching about the rapture of the church and the Lord's return. I want to read 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. The Apostle Peter is writing, and he says, Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers, mockers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. And we're even told in verse 4 what they're going to say. They will say this, Where is this coming? He promised. Come on. You know how many people thought Jesus was coming back in their lifetime? I mean, my my great, 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 great grandfather and his dog thought it was going to be in their lifetime. And yet he doesn't come. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. You know, when I was younger, of course I had more energy then. 
I used to fight back whenever somebody would take me to task about the Lord's return, being nigh. And I would always quote Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, and I would say, thank you so much. You're just fulfilling more prophecy, because there's a prophecy about you saying that and giving me a hard time. That's actually a prophecy. That means Jesus is coming back even sooner than you think. <laughs> Thank you so much. Continue to ridicule me. Continue to mock. Continue to scoff. I love it. Bring it on. I'm not like that anymore. I just, <laughs> again, I just don't have the energy, you know. The reason why I wanted to put this at number one is because I see this increasing in ways that I never really imagined. And I, I never want to fancy myself as being a, a prophecy expert. I, I would say that I just love Bible prophecy. And the reason I love Bible prophecy and, and teach Bible prophecy is because it is a constant reminder that this is as bad as it gets. That I am in the world, but not of the world. And this is not my home. And to not get too comfortable down here. And yes, life is hard, but I have hope. The Lord's return is nigh. And I know I've shared this Hope you don't tire of me sharing it, but my daughter always asks me, it's almost on a daily basis now, especially now that I've talked about it from the pulpit, but she always asks me, Baba, how's life? To which I always say, life's hard, but God is good. And on Thursday night, we saw this in our uh, study in Psalm 119. It's all about the but. Just bear with me. Hang, hang in there. It's all about the but and where you have the but. See, I could say, God is good, but life is hard. You see how that just changed everything? No, it's not, God is good, but life is hard. No, life is hard, but God is good. I'm sorry for saying it like this. Where's your but? Where do you have your B-U-T? Is it, yes, life is hard. Yes, I'm persecuted. Yes, I'm mocked. Yes, I'm ridiculed. Yes, my family doesn't want anything to do with the Lord. But, and I would say to all of those who say, where's the promise of His coming? I say, well, I know everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. I know everybody thought it was going to be in their lifetime over the generations, but He's coming. He's coming. Oh, oh, you don't, you think that because He hasn't come yet, He's not coming at all? Does that make sense? How about this one? Since we're talking logically, presumably, Every day that goes by brings us one day closer to the rapture. I know that's deeply profound, right? 
Every day that goes by brings us one day closer to that trumpet sounding and the dead in Christ rising first, and we who are alive and remain being caught up, harpazo in the Greek, rapturous in the Latin, rapture in English, raptured up. That's my hope. That's what keeps me going every day. That's what keeps me literally sane mentally in my mind, especially as I see this world waxing more and more evil with each passing day. Let me close. You'll forgive me if I sound like I'm waxing nostalgic or sentimental, but we've been doing these weekly prophecy updates since 2006. I mention that because Over the last 13 years, we have watched these prophecies and many other prophecies like them coming together quickly. Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. Interesting word in the original language of the Greek. It's the Greek word takos. It's where we get our English word for tachometer, a measurement of RPMs, revolutions per minute. The time is fixed. No man knows the day or the hour. But what Jesus was saying was, I'm going to come at a time when things are revved up, when things are redlining. Some of you Car guys know exactly what I'm talking about with <laughs> those muscle I used to have a, oh man, I'm going to, well, again, I'm being sentimental. I had a Plymouth Roadrunner slapstick on the floor, 383. Oh, I wish I'd have held on to that car. It's worth over $100,000 now as a muscle car. But I had a tachometer on that dashboard, and I would watch that whenever I would race. I wasn't saved. God kept me alive. <laughs> we would always do it. We had a quarter mile stretch, and I would, uh, you know, race uh, with my car. I usually won. Anyway, enough of my problem. So uh, I would always watch that tachometer, and I would always make sure that it didn't get too close to that red line, because when it got over that, you could blow up your motor. That's what Jesus is saying. You know the tachometer? On this world right now, with Bible prophecy revving up, you know, let's say the red line is at 6,000. <laughs> I think it's uh, interesting, the number six. I think it's a little bit more than that. That's how close we are. This is why we always end with the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, and the simple explanation of how to be saved by way of the ABCs of salvation. So if you'll just give me a couple more minutes, I would like to share this with you. And please, if you're here today, and what I shared today maybe kind of made some sense, or maybe you're watching online, and it's no accident that you stumbled on this video. (laughs) There's a reason. God wants you to hear this, and God wants you to hear this now. What's the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus Christ came, he was crucified, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day, and he's coming back again very soon, one day. 
That's the good news. That's what the word gospel means. Good news. Your debt has been paid. You're free to go. Good news. That's what the word gospel means. What debt? Oh, that's where the ABCs of salvation come in. Because see, in the ABCs, we are told that we have all been sentenced to death. So we'll start with the A. What is the A for? The A is for admit or acknowledge that you sinned against God. You've transgressed. You've fallen short of God's perfect standard of righteousness. This is what it in effect means to repent in the sense that repent means to do a 180, to change. We have a change of mind so now God can change our heart. We change our mind about our sin. We turn from our sin and we turn to the Savior who paid for our sin. That's what repentance means. It's coming to that place where you acknowledge, you admit that you've sinned. Romans 3 verse 10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, All, you know what all is in the original language of the Greek New Testament? I'm sorry, I'm being kind of silly here, but uh, look it up. All means all. Again, very just very profound, but pretty much means all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 is interesting because it sort of packages the bad news first, then the good news, which I think is a good thing to do, by the way, when you're sharing the gospel. You need to communicate what the law is before anyone will ever understand that they've broken the law and fallen short of God's glory. So what is the penalty for breaking God's law? The wages of sin is death. Oh, it's the death penalty. What am I going to do? I've been sentenced to death. Well, that's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, real quick, says this. We are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God given freely. Oh, oh it cost him. Cost him everything. Cost him his life, his death on the cross in our stead, his blood shed. So he paid for it in full and he offers it as a gift to us. It is the gift of God, not of works. Because if it were of works and we could earn it, Oh my goodness, we could boast about it. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I don't want to go to a heaven where people are going to be up there boasting about how they got there. Right? (laughs) That's actually not heaven. I think that's the other place. But anyway, no one's going to be able to say, hey man, hey, what'd you do to get up here? (laughs) You should have seen me, man. No, I'm here by the grace of God, through faith. It was a gift that he gave, and I received that gift, and that's why I'm here. That's the only reason I'm here. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead. Very important that he had to defeat death in paying our death penalty. This is Romans 10, 
9 and 10, it says, If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. That's pretty definite, isn't it? It's not tentative at all. (laughs) You will. Not you might, not you could. I sure hope you will. No, you will be saved. And then lastly, the C. It's for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, confess with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And Romans ten thirteen. lastly, I love this verse. It seals the deal. Here's that word all again. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, all who call upon the name of the Lord, here it is again, will be saved. For me, that was over 37 years ago on a cold January night on the mainland when I just surrendered. I called upon the name of the Lord, believing in my heart, and acknowledging my sin, putting my trust in Him, repenting, turning from my sin, turning to Him. I fell asleep praying, and I'm not proud of this, but I was very high, I was very intoxicated. I mean, I, you know, we, we talk about these sinners' prayers that we pray. Nothing magical about the prayer. They're a good model, a template that many use. Nothing wrong with that. But I wouldn't have been able to repeat after anybody I was that messed up. <laughs> and my prayer was more like, uh, God, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to heaven. I want to be saved. And I fell asleep praying basically like that. That's how I called upon the name of the Lord. And he heard. <laughs> oh, thank God he heard. Because you know why he heard? Because I'm an all. I'm an all. You're an all too. All. He didn't say, most everybody. Who? Not you. Oh my goodness, could you imagine? I'm sure there were protests in heaven. Don't take that one. No. Not that one. No. That's not a good deal. No, he's an all. And I just called upon the name of the Lord. And I was saved. And I fell asleep that way. And I woke up the next morning and I was a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. I could not start my day without the tobacco addiction, the alcohol addiction, the drug addiction, and among other things. When I woke up that next morning, I knew something had happened. Because now the Holy Spirit's inside of me. I went to reach for those things. And that still small voice of the Holy Spirit's going, Hey, you don't need that anymore. You got me. <laughs> and I'm like, no way. I've tried to quit so many times. And I would go like an hour and a half. And then I would just go back to it. I just couldn't do it. And now I don't even have a desire. He had taken away the desire for those things. And I never looked back. Now, some people, it's not quite as dramatic. I think for me, it had to be (laughs) because of who God was dealing with. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. 
Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough, or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.